Another beautiful daf ahead of us. So we are up to daf yud, page 10 in the Heilige Meseches Ksubis, and we are up to the word tona, which is seven lines from the top of the Umbud. All right? Tona, seven, seven lines from the top of the Umbud, and a major portion of, of uh, today's daf is going to discuss Ksuba. Is it Midrabanon? Is it Rabbinic? Is it Doraisa? Even if it is biblical, are there parts of it that are still rabbinical? So on and so forth. That's, gonna, that's how we're going to be starting out with. And then as we get to Amr Beis, on the bottom of Amr Al-Amr Beis, we have a number of stories of people who came to a Posek or a Bezdin with a claim of Tainas Besulim, claiming that their wives, who they thought were Besulim, who they thought were virgins, to them actually seemed to not be Besulim. And that's going to take us up until the Mishnah on Ahmed Bez, and then on Ahmed Bez, we're going to get into the actual numbers that are written for Aksuba. All right, let's get going. Here we go. Seven lines to the top of Yudamad Aleph, Tana. Hawil Uknas Chachamimu. Since Aksuba is a fine of the Chachamim, it's a Knas, it's a fine on a husband. Lo Sigva Elamin Aziburis. Therefore, a wife, when she collects her ksuba, cannot collect from high-quality land. Rather, she, the, the husband can force her to collect from low-quality land. Now, what is this referring to? This is a whole sugyam bavakama, which is that anytime somebody owes money to somebody else biblically, that person can collect their lien, collect their loan with the best. So, let's say I owe $1,000. And my land has a lien on it to pay you $1,000. Which land can you demand I pay you from? Can you demand, let's say, an acre of land that's very low quality? Or maybe uh, uh, a, you know, um, a few hundred feet of land which is a very high quality produce. So in general, whenever something is biblical, the halacha is you could take from the yafe, from the most, from the highest quality land. Now again, it's the equal value, but even when it has equal value, most people prefer, prefer the higher quality, less of a higher quality than more of a lower quality, which is also a important message in uh, in life to people. As my parents would uh, tell me when I was starting out in Kolo, you don't, you're not. Uh, you're not rich enough to be cheap, right? You, you, you can't afford to have something break on. You don't have enough money to be cheap. You, you, you get what you pay for. So people want a quality thing even when it's less. However, when it's a rabbinic obligation, then the owner could say, you know what? I want you to take from Ziburis. So says the Brisa, since a ksuba is a fine, it's a rabbinic knas, the husband could tell the wife, or the estate can tell the wife, you only take from the low quality land. Says the Gemara, is a ksuba a fine? Knossa, you're calling it a fine? My knossa, who's being fined over here? There's no fine. This is a financial obligation that a husband says, it's like an IOU. That's not a knas. So the Gemara says, you're right. And by the way, we're going to see soon where this word came from. 
Gemara says, Ela ima hayul since ksuba is rabbinic, lo sik Therefore, since it's rabbinic, therefore he could tell her only take from the low quality land. Rav Shimon argues, and he says that really ksuba isha minatayra, the ksuba of a the, the ksuba given to a woman is actually from the Torah. Now this needs clarity because we don't know yet what what he's saying is biblical. Is a, the fact that a ksuba needs to be given biblical? What about the amount of the ksuba? So let's get into this. Could Rav Shingamil really say that a ksuba is biblical? Listen closely to these words because this is going to really explain to us as well why we originally called a ksuba a fine, a knas. So, if somebody were to violate or seduce a girl who's between the age of 12 and 12 and 6 months, the halacha is you're obligated to marry her. If let's say the girl says, or her father says to the guy, sorry, you're not marrying her. The halacha is now, he needs to pay a fine, a knas of 50 shekel, which now we can start expl- understanding you know, we're, you know, what we were even thinking originally with the word knas. So, the amount that's paid by the one who seduced or violated this girl should be the same as a financial obligation given to a besula, given to a virgin, which we're assuming now is referring to the ksuba. So there are sources uh, connecting us to a ksuba biblically. And also the amount given to a besula within a ksuba should be the amount learned out from one who seduces an ara. And therefore, the Chachamim hang the Ksubas Isha on this Pasuk in the Torah. Rav Shingamil says, Ksubas Isha, yeah? What does Shingamil say? A Ksuba is rabbinic. What did we just quote earlier, Rav Shingamil saying? A Ksuba is Minha Torah. So ask the Gemara, right before Rav Shingamil says, Ksubas Isha Minha Torah. And over here in the Brisa, he's the one arguing on the Tanakhama who says it's biblical, and he says, no, it's rabbinic. Make up your mind. What's his opinion? Gemara says, you're right. That doesn't make sense. Rather, epoch. In this Brisa, we're actually going to say that Rav Shingamil holds that Aksuba is biblical. Now note that it's still unclear. What we're going to have to clarify is, is the Ksuba itself biblical, or is it the amount of the Ksuba that's biblical, or is the amount of the Ksuba rabbinic, and just the fact that there's a Ksuba that's biblical? We'll get into that. Says the Gemara, why are you switching around the Brisa? Why are you switching around the Brisa to say that Rav Shimon Gamliel certainly holds it's biblical? Switch around our original statement and say that Rav Shimon holds that a Ksuba is rabbinic. Says the Gemara, originally, where he said it's rabbinic, switch that to say that it's biblical now. So Gemara says no. We actually have clarity into what Rav Shimon Gamliel's opinion is. You know why? The Omar, we know for sure that Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Ksubas Isha Midarais. We know that. We know for sure, without any question, Rav Shimon Gamliel's of the opinion that a Ksuba of a woman is sourced in the Torah. How do we know that for a fact? Before any conversation even starts, the time, the time we learned in the Mishnah, Reb Shimon ben Gamiel Aimer. Reb Shimon ben Gamiel says, Naisin la mim ais kaputkia. Okay. That if somebody divorces his wife, he has to pay her the value of a kaputkia. Uh, that's the answer. What in the world's going on here? How's that an answer? What's this money of kaputkia? So here we go. 
let's explain like this. And maybe somebody here, if anybody here is uh, an expert in international money, please let me know. All right? I'm not sure what the Australian dollar is worth vis-a-vis an American dollar. I know a Canadian dollar is less. So let's start with that. A guy, a couple gets married in America. United States. Canada is also America. They get married in the United States. Okay. He writes in the Ksuba, if we get divorced or I die, you will receive $30,000. Fine. Very nice. A few years into the marriage, they move to Canada. And after that, they get divorced. So he says, listen, $30,000. I'll pay you $30,000, Canadian. That's all it says in the Ksuba, I'm going to give you $30,000. Well, now that we're in Canada, let me give you the Canadian amount. Can he do that? So the halach is like this. If it's a biblical obligation, so then you follow the place where the original agreement was. Otherwise, you're not necessarily. You can actually be lenient. Uh, did it say you should have been more specific? Write uh, USD instead of, uh, you know, CAD, whatever it is. Bottom line is, says Hashem Gamliel, Ma'is Kaputkia is talking about a situation where you had a couple, they got married in Kaputkia, which had a higher value to their money, they got divorced in Eretz Yisrael, which had a lower value to the money, you're obligated to pay the original amount. That's clear that Rav Shingamil holds that we're dealing with a biblical obligation, Aksub is a biblical obligation, hence, there's no question Rav Shingamil holds is biblical. So if you ever come across a statement where it seems Rav Shingamil holds it's rabbinic, we got to switch that around, that must be a mistake. That's one approach. Viba Yaseim, another possible answer um, is Kular of Shimigamilhi. Really, the entire Brisa is of Shimigamilhi. And really, there's no contradiction in Shimigamilhi in the first place. But why? Because there's missing words, and this is really how the statement is read. Here we go. From this Pasuk, which we quoted just before, the Pasuk of Kesef Yishkol Kemayar Habasules. That when a person seduces a girl of Anara, he has to pay her like Besulos. That is supporting the din of the sages. But the ksuva of a widow is Midrabanan. So Mido Raisa, a Besula, gets a ksuva. Midrabanan, even a widow gets a ksuva. Where does Shem Gamil say that a ksuba for a widow is rabbinic? That's by a widow. However, by a besula, he's going to be consistent with his uh, with his halacha that it is midaraisa. Now, why? You know what the answer is? Just because of the words of the Torah. What did it say when somebody seduces a nara? You have to pay her kimayar habesules. So the ksuba of a of a besula of a virgin has biblical sources. The Ksuba of an Amara does not have a rabbinical source. Okay, that uh, wraps up that topic for now. And now the Gemara is going to... Uh, what are we asking? Bottom line. All right, so Derabana. Derabana. Okay. Yeah. 
Says the Gemara, who does Khmer of Nachman? There was a chosen who came from Rav Nachman, Amalei Pesach Basuach Matsasi. Listen to this. He says to Rav Nachman, I found the Pesach Basuach. Now remember, there's a difference between somebody who says there was no blood or somebody says Pesach Basuach. What does Pesach Basuach Matsasi mean? I know for sure that when I had my first act of intercourse with my wife, who claims to be a Basula, the, the opening was too wide for her to be a Basula. Pesach Basuach Matsasi. There was a wider opening that I found. So he comes to Rav Nachman. Now, I want you to say so that you notice this is amazing. On the top of today's daf, if you look at the very top statement, top of Yudhamad Aleph, Itmar, Amar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel, Mishum Rashim and Allah, Zacham Tiklehem, the Vice of the Basul, Masaim, Lamana, Mana, Vahim, and Minushim, Amar Batsabazoch, Matsasi Nama. Rav Nachman said on the top of the Amud, if somebody shows up and says, My wife had a Pesach Basuach, we trust him. That's what Nachman said on top of the Yomud. Now look at this story. I'm going to restart the story. A chassan came in front of Rav Nachman. Omar Leh, the chassan says, Pesach Batsuach Matsasi. I know that, that uh, it was a Pesach Batsuach. My wife didn't have the body of a Basula. Omar Leh, Rav Nachman, Nachman says, Asbuhu Kufri, go hit him with sticks. Because let me tell you something. Mivarchta Chavitoleh, if he's such an expert to know what his wife's body is supposed to be like inside, it must be that he's been, uh, he's been around the block with all of the prostitutes in his town. All right? That's what Rav Nachman says. Says the Gemara, one second, one second, one second. What did Rav Nachman say on top of the Yomud? If somebody comes and says, Pesach Basuach, you trust him. Over here, this guy's going to say Pesach Basuach. And what's Rav Nachman saying? <laughs> Hit him. The guy doesn't know nothing. So Gemara asks, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman on top of the umber told us we should believe him. Why over here are we giving him Malkus? She says, Meheman who must be in Kufri. He says, you know, we do believe him. But you know what? <laughs> we still whack. <laughs> we, we, you still whip him with branches. Because why? how are you such an expert? Are you such an expert, buddy? We'll believe you, but because we believe you, so now we gotta, you know, we, we um, uh, you know, we we, we have to uh, make sure you get a kapara for knowing all this. Rav Achoy Mishani, Rav Achoy says no. There's a difference. Kan or kan It depends. When you have a young man, the guy's 15, 16 years old. He's showing up and saying Pesach Pesuach Matzasi. We're like, oh, really? Really? How do you know? And that's where we say, if you do know when you're coming with claims, it must be that you're up to, you're up to no good. But if somebody's already been married, somebody already has experience in, uh, in this area, then Rav Nachman's going to say, a husband shows up, Meheman, we trust him, and, um, and uh, the, uh, you know, she's going to be forbidden to him. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to shift and give us a number of uh, a number of stories, all right, that has to do with uh, with Pesach Basuach. Let's go. Ahu does kmeid Rav Gamliel. Those a chassan who came to front of Rav Gamliel. Amar le Pesach Basuach Matzot. He says, "My wife had a Pesach Basuach." Amar le Shema Hitisa. Maybe you're making a mistake. Maybe again. Maybe you when you had your first act. Maybe you went in on an angle on a slant, and it seemed to be Pesach Basuach, and really it wasn't. Now I want to pause and. Ex- you know, let him explain. This is what he says. Em Sholacham Mashur. Gamliel says, I'll explain to you why I'm saying this. 
The ma'adavadaima, you know what it's similar to? La'adam shayim halech bi'isha na'ilam afela. The person who's walking, it's very, very dark at night. Hito matzay pesach. So he's like feeling around. And if he ends up going in a little bit sideways, he's going he's gonna to be able to go into his, the doorway of his home and it's not going to block him at all. Um, but if he doesn't go in sideways on an angle, then it's going to come out to be locked. Okay. Now, what does this, what does this mean? So this is... Uh, what, what it means as follows. That sometimes... And this is, you know, just try to envision this in your own mind. If you have a door that's partially opened, if you do go in at a particular angle, it's like trying to, you ever try to schlep a couch into a room or a refrigerator through a doorway? Depending on how it's, sometimes it goes in so easily and all of a sudden you can't get it back out. Well, how to get in so easy? Or sometimes it was impossible to get in, all of a sudden to get in. It just, you know, it just happened to be. You had the help from Hashem. Hey, you got it out, punked at the right angle. Don't be so sure, Pesach Basuach Matzasi. It felt like the like a larger opening than it should have been. Maybe the way that you angled yourself in there initially made it feel like that, but it's not necessarily true. And there are those who explain Rav Gamil said something a little different. And he said like this Maybe you did it on purpose and you actually removed the door with the uh, door frame. I'll give you an example of what I mean. If he, if he uh, angles himself on purpose, it'll be open, nothing's going to block him. If he doesn't, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out to be closed. Let's explain this. This is very interesting. And this is where to get into a little bit of how this Ikeda Amri views the biology of this. All right? See, so here's what the Ikeda Amri is saying. The membrane that is um, that is needs to be removed so that it feels like a pesach pasuach, like an opening. So there's two ways to remove the membrane. What's called the hymen. Okay, one way is to break straight through. That is something you're going to notice and feel. There's another way that it could be removed. And that is if you angle in towards the side of the canal, the vaginal canal. So then it's possible instead of the the hymen being punctured or pierced, it'll just peel off the wall very smoothly. And it's not actually broken and it's much less of a noticeable um, change. So in the Ika Amri, what Rav Gamliel is saying to him, it could be, you happen to, when you entered, you may have angled in towards the side of the canal where the hymen, the membrane, attaches to the side. And that's why, and, and then it just smoothly, you didn't have to break anything, it just smoothly removed itself from that side, and that's why you're claiming Pesach Basuach. Be it as it may, what the Gemara here is saying is a beautiful concept that we're going to keep going on. Just because someone comes and says Pesach Basuach Matzasi, it is the responsibility of the Bezdin, responsibility of the Posek, whoever's looking into this, to say, really? How, do, how are you such an expert? Do you know for sure it was Pesach Basuach? Is it an assumption? Do you have previous experience? How much previous experience do you have? Because otherwise we're just going to say, 
Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe uh, the way that you angled yourself you, you made it feel differently, and that's going to remove the whole claim of Pesach Basuach. Okay. Another story. How does the Rebbe Gamliel bar Rebbe? There was somebody who came to Rebbe Gamliel, the son of Rebbe. Now this is a, uh, a descendant of the Rebbe Gamliel in our previous story. Amar Leh. <clears throat> so he came to Rebbe Gamliel, and he says to Rebbe Gamliel the following. Ready? Rebbe. says, Rebbe, Ba'alti v'loi matzasi dam. I got married last night. We had relations. There was no dam. There was no blood of, of virginity. Amrlai, the kala, the wife, says to the rabbi, Rebbe, basula hayisi. I was a basula at that time. I'm no longer a basula, right? Why? Because we had relations last night. But I, I'm basula. I don't know what he's saying. Omar lahem. So Rebbe Gamil said to them, He vili oisei suder. Bring me your sheets from the bed. Bring me your bed sheets. Hevi loy hasuder. They brought the sheets. Ushroi bamayim. He soaked the sheets in water vechibsu and then laundered it. Umatza alav kama tipe damim. And it turns out after the laundry was done and after the semen was removed, there was blood. Drops of blood that were noticeable. And apparently the original husband's claim was not Pesach Pasuach. See, this is different. When a husband comes and says, Pesach Pasuach, the opening was too large. That's where we say, hey, how are you an expert? Over here he's coming and saying, there was no blood. I thought there's Dam Besulim. There's no blood. So that's something that actually can be clarified. But besides for that, He's not saying I'm an expert in anything. He's just saying, listen, there's nothing, nothing there. Rav Gamliel had this process where he was able to show them that actually sometimes there is dam and you just didn't notice it. Omar Lai, and he said to the husband, Go and take that which you have taken. Okay? Meaning, Don't worry about it. Shalom al Yisrael. Everything's fine. You can go back home. Fine. Omar Lai, Huna Mar Breda Rava. Huna, the son of Rava, said, Mi Parzakya, from the city of Parzakya, said, Ashi, to Ravashi, Anan Nami Levar Hachi. You know, we should also do that. I mean, look at the story. If there's ever a claim of a husband that there's no dam, we got to make sure that we uh, learn this process from Rabbi Gamliel to know how to check it out. Omar Lei, Ravashi said to him, We now turn to the top of Yudamud Beis. Gihut Shalanu Kikibus Shalohem. He says that our, our process is of pressing, giyots is pressing, of pressing clothing is like them washing it, okay? And therefore by us, just, wa- just to wash it is not going to suffice to find the dam. We also need to press it. So the obvious question is, fine, so do that, right? So, uh, the way that we press clothing, yeah, that's like them. So we can't do the same process because our process is different. So we're fine, so... If you know what's comparable, do it your way. And if you're going to tell me, so go, go do it. What's going to happen is it's not going to work. Because when they would press it, the chimer, the firmness and the ruggedness of the press 
will actually remove any potential dam that's there. Bottom line is, says Rav Ashi, that the way that they would clean their clothing and press their clothing would not allow them to follow this system of ensuring that they're, uh, of finding whether or not there actually was dam. Okay, another story. And we're going to have a, whole bu- a, a few stories here. That's going to take us up to the Mishnah. Here we go. There was a fellow who came to Rebbe Gamliel, the son of Rebbe, same Rebbe Gamliel. He said to him, Rebbe, I had Laila Rishayna at my first night. We had Bia Rishayna, first act of intercourse, and there was no blood. What, what, what should we do? Amrlay and the Kala said, Rebbe, Adayin Besula Ani. She says, Rebbe, my husband doesn't know what he's doing. You know why there's no dam? Adayin Besula Ani. I'm still a virgin. That's because he doesn't, he thinks we had relations and he never really had a Gemar Bia. He never really entered fully. Omar Lahen, he says to them, It's a fascinating, fascinating situation. He said, bring me two non-Jewish maidservants, one who's, ha- who's a Basula and one who's not. So they did that. They brought him to these two women. He sat them on top of an open barrel of wine. And here's what happened. The one who had relations, the smell from the wine entered her body and it caused her breath to smell like the wine. And the one who was known to be a besula, a virgin, it didn't impact her breath. Okay? So, like, Rabbi Gamil did this test to make sure it worked, as we're going to see. And once he saw that, Afzu Aishiva, he then took the kala, he told her to sit on top of the open wine vat. It didn't impact her breath. Omar Lai, she said to the husband, don't worry about the fact that there was no dam, you just didn't do this properly. Go take that which you took. Okay? It's fine, there's no issue with your marriage. She's still a, she's still a basula. Okay? So now, says the Gemara, first of all, I mean, why, didn't, why does he have to get maidservants? If he knew this trick... So why didn't he just tell the Kala to sit on top of the wine vat? What do you got to bother the, the, these maidservants for? So the Gemara says, actually, and it's so beautiful, Gemara Havishmiale. This is not your normal medical procedure. But this is something that Rabbi Gamliel once heard of. Somebody once told him, you know, if you want to know somebody's a basula, this is the, you know, this is how it goes. So he wasn't sure. Maisalah Havichazi. But he... he it never happened to him. So therefore, Vesavar, he thought, like him the Maybe this is this is not true. This is some hebe you know, some random uh, what do they call it? Uh, you know, holistic, non med whatever, some sort of procedure. And maybe it doesn't work. And therefore what he says like this. If this isn't a real procedure, it's not proper to do this to the kala. Sit her on top of it. If I don't even know. So here's what he did. He said, first of all, I don't know for sure if it works. So he, what did he do? He went and tested it out himself. Who did he do a test on? The maidservants. Because a maidservant, by definition, is there to serve your needs. Okay, so he did this for my needs. So he did it on the maidservant. Now, once he saw that it worked, 
So now, to save this woman's marriage and to save her, shal- her shalom bias, he allowed the couple to stay together from the fact that the test worked in, uh, initially. Now she didn't; her, her breath didn't change, and she still has the status of a besula. Beautiful. Okay. There was somebody who came in front of Rabon Gamliel Hazaki. This is a previous generation of Gamliel. Omerlai. And he said to Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Balti Vlamazasidam, Rabbi, I had relations and I didn't find blood. Omerlai Nakala says, Rabbi Mishpachas Dorkiti Ani. Listen to this incredible story. She says, the wife says, Rebbe, the, yeah, he didn't find Dam after our first Bia, but you should know that I'm from the Dorkati family. We, we don't really menstruate, and we don't have Dam Basulim either. Baltak Rebbe Gamliel Bekrav Gamliel went and he asked around in this family, checked out her relatives, he saw, it, come, it came out that she was correct. This particular family had in their genes very minimal dam. Minimal dam. Now it doesn't it doesn't mean she never menstruated. It means like it it, it was it was uh, a, a lot more rare than in other women. Omar Lai, you see he's huh? So if that's the case, how did she get pregnant? Oh Gavaldix. It's good. Rabbi Gravinsky is asking how did she have children. So hold on. Omar Lai see says to the husband. Go take that which you've taken. Ashrecha, you are fortunate. You're fortunate that you married into the Dorkati family. Okay, we're going to explain this whole story. Okay, again, but what happened? Couple was together the first night. There's no dam. He says, hey, where's the blood? She explains to the Rav, I'm from the Dorkati family, and we don't really have dam. He checks it out. It all checks out. It's good to go. So he says, fortunate you married into this family. Says Gemara, by the way, my Dorkati, what is Dorkati? It means Dorkatua. Dorkatua means a generation that is cut. Okay? Now what does it mean that it's cut? So the Gemara is going to explain. Amar Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Hanina says, Tanchumen shall have al Rabbi Gamliel was not really being straight up with this guy when he said, oh, you're fortunate. In other words, he said he holds that really um, Rabbi Gamliel was being a little bit, um, I wouldn't call it sarcastic, but you know, he was trying to turn something that's not so great into something nicer. The Tani Rebchia, because Rebchia taught us, it's fascinating. Kishem Shasa'ar the same way yeast, Allows dough to rise a lot faster. The more menstrual blood that has to a woman actually shows she's more fertile. So if you have a woman who has a longer period, a longer cycle than other women, that actually is symbolic of fertility. The more dam, the more fertility. When you have a woman who has more menstrual blood, she's generally going to have a larger family. Itmar, we learned, Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba Omar, Zechibim Mikachei Chamar Lai, Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba says, 
that Rabbi Gamliel was telling her was telling him, go take that which you have taken, meaning he was being real about it, he was being sincere, he was saying, oh, go. The Rabbi Yaisi ben Oven Omar Nishaya ben Gokhamle. And Yaisi bar Oven saying, really? He was saying, like, you know, good luck. Um, you know, the fact that your wife doesn't really have dam. So now, the, where he's saying good, if he was being a little sarcastic, that's understandable. Because he's really saying, you know, like it is what it is. And this woman who's not going to have dam is going to have a much harder time having children. The question is, if he's being sincere, and, and the, the wife is, has, you know, doesn't really have a cycle often, doesn't mean she doesn't menstruate at all. The Bafarshim here explained, it's not like she, she never had a cycle. It means it was, you know, it wasn't as common. So, you know, she didn't ovulate as much. And so the Gemara says, If you say that Rebbe Gamliel was really saying, you know, it's not so great for you. So, you know, that explains Rebbe Hanina, that Rebbe Gamliel was not really being so sincere. He was just wishing him mazel, you know. But if you're going to say Rebbe Gamliel was really sincere when he told the husband, you know, Oh, your wife doesn't really have a cycle. Baruch Hashem for you. Like, it's good. Don't worry about it. What's good? Says the Gemara, incredible. You ready for this? See, when you have um, a woman who very often has dam, so you have a lot more shyless. You have a lot more questions that could come up with staining and all sorts of things. Where you have a lot more shyless and you're on, you're, you're not sure, you know, uh, sometimes you need to be machmir and sometimes you, you, you're just in a situation of suffake, in a situation of doubt and there's a lot more that goes into it. So he was telling the husband, it, it's true that maybe your wife's not going to be as fertile, but you should know it also leads to less shyless. You could still have children, you'll still be able to have children, maybe not as many, but you're going to have a lot less situations where you have to, uh, where, where you have to, um, Enter a situation of a doubtful nida status. Okay. Final story before the Mishnah. Before we get to the last story, I just think this is how profound, how beautiful to be coming off our Parsha, Parsha's Balak, with a story like this. And, the, you know, where you have a situation, you have a, a guy marries a, you have a, a chassan marries a kala. It turns out that he finds out the very next morning his kala doesn't really have dam, she's not so fertile. And he comes to Gamliel, and you know what the you know what the rub's telling him? You know what Gamliel's telling them? It's okay. Look for the good. That's how your marriage is going to be successful anyway. You might always say, "Oh, what do you mean? Rock and we may not be able to have as many cheese." There's always a silver lining you could find. Ashrecha, you're fortunate. No matter what situations a person's in, you could look for the positive in that uh, in that situation. Okay, how does the the Rebbe? There was a chassan who came in front of Rebbe, Amar And he said to Rebbe, Rebbe, we had our beer, Rishayna, it didn't find any blood. Amr and the Kala says, Rebbe, Adayin Besula Hayisi. You should know, I, I, I was a Besula. In other words, I don't know why there's no dam. Ushnei B'Tzairis Have. But it happened to be, most Mepharshim say, that this, she's not talking anymore. It, it was years of famine. It was a difficult time for Klal Yisrael. And it was during a time of famine. So, Ra'a Rebbe Shepneim Shechem, Rebbe saw 
that they, their faces were black. They were, they, they really didn't eat a lot. They didn't eat enough. So Rebbe, we're going to throw this in over here as we're about to see. Rebbe picked up that maybe the lack of dam has to do with their, their lack of health. Maybe her body just wasn't, you know, wasn't uh, functioning properly to be able to give off the dam. So what did he do? He made sure that the chasen and kala were both pampered. He said, go, go to the bathhouse, warm yourself up, have a good suda, have a good meal, make sure you drink. He wined and dined them. He gave them, uh, you know, he, he put them together in a room after they were all uh, pampered. And after having relations, they found them. Go take that which you have taken, meaning don't worry about it, don't worry about before. The, you know, the, the, these circumstances changed it. Kari Rebbe Aleim, and Rebbe said about them, their skin was stuck to their bones because it was as dry as wood. All right, this is a Pasuk from Eicha, incredible. Mamesh Matim for tonight, right? We're coming out of Shiva Asr Batamas and going into Shmaina Asr Batamas. We just started the three weeks. And um, this is one of the uh, difficult situations that we were putting up with, uh, you know, and, and we, we had to go through as Klau Yisrael, where their, their skin was stuck to their bones. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. Beautiful. All right. We're now up to the Mishnah on the second wide line on Yud Amud Beis. Now let's get into the value of Aksuba. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, Besula, when you have a Ksuba for a Besula, for a virgin. Ksuba Samasayim. Her Ksuba is going to be 200 Zuz. A whole fascinating Shaila, what exactly that is, what's the current value of that. It seems to be anywhere from about thirty to $50,000 potentially uh, of uh, 200 Zuz. Now, you should know you can always add to a ksuba. You can always add. And it's very common. For It, it was very common that people would add to a ksuba. Um, and uh, 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 almana gets half of that. Okay. Besula, almana grusha v'chalutza. If let's say you have a besula that's also a widow. How's that possible? Let's say the husband put a ring on her finger and he drops dead. So she's a widow, but we know that she's still a basu, she's still a virgin. Almana, Grusha, Vechalutza, same just same scenarios. Mina Erisin, Ifsham Erisin, Ksubasimasayan, because she's still a Basula. The Yeshlam Tainas Basulam. And by the way, if having, you know, af, af, after having married them, the husband shows up with Tainas Basulam, he says, Hey, where's your Basulam? So it's a valid claim. She can't say, Oh, I was already married, you know, uh, you should have expected it. No. There's time because the expectation is that there's real basula. Period. That is the Mishnah. So again, what the Mishnah say? A basula is 200 and Almana is 100. And that status remains whether or not she's ever been married. It depends on the, on the physical reality of the wife. Okay. Says the Gemara, by the way, my Almana, what does the word Almana mean? It's just a basic uh, shaila, like a basic question. Where does the word almana come from? Okay. 
Says the Gemara, Omar Rav Chana Bagdasa, Rav Chana from Baghdad says, Almana al Shem Mona. You know when Almana is called a widow? Al Mona. She gets 100 zuz. She gets one Mona. One Mona. It's like referring to Ksuba value. You hear this? Says the Gemara, one second. Didn't we just give a case in the Mishnah of a widow who still gets 200? What's the case? Can you have a widow who still gets 200? Yeah, she's still a Basula. So why are we saying Almana, a 100, why are we calling a widow somebody only gets 100 Zuz if it's possible if she's a Basula to get 200? Almana Mena Erison, Michael and Mamar. What are you going to say about Almana Mena Erison? Gemara says, you're right, she will get 200, but I did the Almana, Almana. In general, a widow is already going to be a Baula, she's going to be a 100 uh, Mana Ksuba, and therefore any widow is called under that name. Says the Gemara. Almana Dixiva by Raisa my Lamemar. What about Almana that's written in the Torah? You hit? So the Gemara says like this. You know, before the Chachamim instituted the value of Aksuba, so there was no. Why does the Torah refer to a widow as an Almana? Either an Almana, either Aksuba as a whole is rabbinic. Or you could say, even if Aksuba is sourced in the Torah, the value is rabbinic. So why before the Chachamim said she gets a mana, why does the Torah itself say, oh, if you harass an almana, it's, a, it's, it's an additional uh, biblical transgression. Why are we calling her an almana? Where did that name come from? Good Shaila. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because the Torah knew. The Torah called her an almana because Hashem knows everything. Hashem knows in the future they're going to establish her to receive a hundred mana. Says the Gemara, Mikos of Kralos. The Torah, even though Hashem knows the future, the Torah doesn't write things for the future. The Torah writes it for now. So the Gemara says, no. And we do find at times the Torah writes, calls things based upon the future. The third river was called the Chideko that flows to Kidmas, to the east. Of Ashur, what does that mean? Ashur zu Selika. Ashur is referring to a place called Selika. Okay, <coughs> excuse me. Umi have, and it's, did it exist at, at the time? No, Ella <coughs> da Asida. It was gonna be. There was gonna be a place called Ashur, and therefore the Torah, even the Torah is gonna. It tells us where the river flows next to, even though Ashur wasn't even born yet to be named after him. So too, the Torah calls in Almana, Almana, because in the future, she's going to receive a one Manek Suba. Okay, period, end of that Limud, end of that um, learning from Rav Chana Bagdasa, of Baghdad. And now, we are going to go on tangents. Because, the, as the Gemara very often does, once we quote a statement from one of the Tanoyim Ramiram, we will keep going on various other limudim, various other teachings that they shared. So here we go. The Yom Rav And Rav also says, Motor mashke merave umezave lumaadenu mamshech. Rain is not just water, says Rav Rain mashke, it... it um, What's the word for mashke? When something 
when like you, you, you drink a lot of fluid, like people are going to be doing tonight saturated. before the fast, the saturated, thank you. So mashka also merava umezavel. It like increases flow and it also brings zevel, manure, fertilizer, and it gives, it's ma'adein, it gives beauty, umamshich, and it also allows things to keep growing. Water has built into it all of the ability to influence the earth in all these ways. Where do you see a Pasuk that hints to this? Tilameha, its rose, Rave Nachas, are wide. That what water does is it it uh, uh, saturates and it it um, it sinks into the ground and when the rain comes down it softens the earth and it brings growth which is the sevarich the bracha from Hashem so all of the, the water accomplishes all these things. Amar of Lazar of Lazar says Mizbeach, you should know the Mizbeach as well. The altar, meziach, mezin, mechave, mechaper. It does a lot of things. You think that it's it's uh, it's only uh, faceted in one way? No, multi accomplishes so much. The mizbeach takes away our averes. It brings parnasa. It brings love, and it brings atonement. Says the Gemara, hainu mechaper, hainu meziach. Meziach means it removes sins, and mechaper is a kapara. What's the difference between removing sins and getting a kapara? Says the Gemara, it's two different steps. Meziach gezerais, umechaper If let's say there's a decree against Klal Yisrael, so bringing a, mezbe- a, a carbon, a sacrifice on Mizbeach, will help remove that decree. And it will also be mechaper for our Avonos. It also atones for the Avaitis. V'yomar Ravchana Bagdasa, Ravchana of Baghdad also taught us Tamrei, this is, is also another incredible thing. Tamre dates, eating plain dates. Mishachnon, masbaon, mishalshalon, ma'ashron, veloi mefankon. Okay, listen to this. Dates, let's go through this one at a time. Mishachanon, they heat up the body, make you feel good. Masbaon, they bring satisfaction. Mishalshalon, it brings now, shilshul is, could be referred to as like diarrhea. Mishalshalon means it loosens up the, um, uh, you know, it loosens up the, uh, the, ba- the bowels. And also ma'ashron, it brings ashirus. It brings richness to the person, not in a, a financial way, but in a healthy way. V'loy mefankan, this is incredible. You know what mefankan mean? You don't become upset, you don't become addicted to it. Certain things, when it feels so good, you can use it to a fault. He says, you should know dates have all these incredible features. It does so much. And at the same time, you don't get like overwhelmed by it. Omar Rav, Rav says, If somebody eats dates, you get drunk. And you're not allowed to paskin a shayla. If you ate dates, you can't paskin shaylas. Okay, so again, Rav Khan of Baghdad says dates are like incredible for your health. Incredible for your well-being. Rav says dates make you a little tipsy. Says the Gemara, Mesri, that's a challenging question. One second. 
Tomorrow, Shachris Va'arvis Yafais Bimincha Rois. The Brysa says to eat dates with breakfast and with supper are good, but in the afternoon, just to eat dates is bad for you. Bitzaharayim, but to eat dates earlier in the afternoon, Ain Kimaisan, there's nothing like it in a good way. Incredible. You hear So dates in the morning, git. Dates at night, git. Dates in the early afternoon, oh, gewaldic, incredible. Ooh, myridic. Late afternoon, terrible. Okay. And dates also are mevatel. They nullify three things. Bad thoughts. Any, any bad thoughts that a person, if you eat dates, it, it, it helps clear your mind from these bad thoughts. And they also help from your um, uh, intestines from getting sick. And hemorrhoids. So the Gemara is asking, you know what the challenge is over here? Says the Gemara, if dates have such nutrition and dates are so fantastic for one's well-being, why does Rav say you're not allowed to paskin a shiloh when you eat dates? What's wrong with it? Stigmar explains, no. Me, I'm reading Glamalu. Did Rob say that it's not good for you? No, he never said that. You're making assumptions. Why are you making assumptions? Just because he says, oh, you can't pass in the Shaila, that he disagrees that dates are good for you. No. He knows it's good for your well being. But at the time that, they, that you eat them, it makes you a little tipsy. The same way wine does. So you can have something that's incredible for your for your mental wellness and nutrition and, and physical well-being, but at the time that you eat it, yeah, it makes you a little tipsy. That's it. For a few minutes. The Omar as the Tana taught us, in Al If you drink a a Ravias with 2.8, 4.4 ounces of wine, you're not allowed to pass in a shaila. Does that mean that wine's terrible for you? No. It just means there are certain things that you eat that you know, you, you lose some element of complete logic. So during that time, you chill out. That's it. You, you remove yourself from passing the Shiloh. But Rob's, but Rob's in agreement <clears throat> about the gain of eating dates. <clears throat> Another possible answer is, you could say there's no question here. <clears throat> it depends. You know, it's like medicine. Some medicines say, eat, take after a meal. Right? Make sure to take out a full stomach. So he says like this. Rav says, to eat dates alone before your meal is not good for you. You get a little drunk, you get that, that you stay away from. Another one's after you eat a meal. After you eat bread. After you ate bread, you got bread in your belly, and then you eat dates. Oh, that's incredible for your well-being. It opens up your bowels, it gets you moving up. Abai, Abai says, Amrli, eh, my mother told me the very common expression with Abai. We know he was an orphan, but he was raised by a stepmother who he calls his mother. She taught him a lot about life. Tamre Mikame Nama, if you eat dates before the meal, ki narga lidikula. It's like cutting down a decal, cutting down a date palm. Basar Nama, but if you eat dates after you eat your meal, after you eat bread, ki avra ladasha, it is like strengthening the door. Okay, so you eat your meal, you want to make sure that your system is still moving and is getting nourished and is going to function properly. 
eat dates for dessert. Don't eat, uh, don't eat dates for the first course. Says the Gemara, Dasha, you know, uh, it's like, it's like, um, it's helping a, a, a Dasha, a door. Amarava Derech Sham. The reason why a door is called Dasha is because people say, oh, you want to know how to go? Sham, there. You got to go out the door. Dasha is Derech Sham. Darga. Why are, uh, what's Darga? Darga are steps. Right? Darga is also referring to a ladder. Why is a ladder called steps? Amarava Derech Gag. You hear this? Beautiful. Darga is Derech Gag. That's how you get to a roof. You got to get up the steps. Right? Um, Puria. What is Puria? Amarav Papa Shepara Marav Malal. That's where, uh, that's, where, that, that's where people are able to be fruitful and multiply. It's referring to a bed. So they would call a bed a poria because that, that's the uh, proper place to, to have relations in order to have children. Omar of Nachmar Yitzchak, of Nachmar Yitzchak says, we now turn to the top of tomorrow's daf, and let's get to the Mishnah. Af Anu Neymar, another word that we learned has connotations, uh, you know, uh, as a makeup of multiple words, is islandess. Remember the islandess from Yavamis? It was a woman who, who got older, reached age 20, and she didn't develop the feminine uh, signs on her body, and she's not able to have children. She's called an islandess. Where does that come from? Duchronis de la Yolda. Because an ayol is a ram, a female sheep. Males can't give birth. So an islandess is, is a combination of duchronis de la yoda. She's like a female sheep, which means she's not capable of giving birth to a child. Okay, a lot to speak about on this with the, the beauty and the depth of all these, these uh, Hebrew words. And, you know, it's, it's just incredible how you have, uh, we, we mentioned this, but in, in the English dictionary, uh, we're over three quarters of a million words in the English dictionary. Um, I, I think they should start canceling out words, by the way. You know, they add words every year to the dictionary. They start like removing words, words that nobody's used in 150 years. You know, just uh, take it out. But be it as it may, there's a three good. In the Hebrew language, there's very few. It's, I don't know the exact number. I would probably say between 500 and 1,000 total. Because it's Sharashim, you have your root words, and then it's just a matter of grammar. It's a matter of how you put. You know, what you put before and after the, the Shairish and how you build it up. And there's so much depth and beauty and connectedness from, uh, you, you just look at the, the, the essence of the word and see what stems, what stems from that. We should be, you know, you look at this Gemara, you see these words, you see this. It's, it's not just shtick or something that's cute. It's teaching us how much there is in each letter and each word that, uh, that we're, that we're Zaycha to learn. There's so much, you know, underlying and th- there's a reason why that word is is has that meaning there's so much that's there okay we'll hold it here for tonight we'll pick up tomorrow morning at 9 30 a.m